welcome to Happyful Finding What Works, a podcast navigating mental health and wellbeing support so you can find what works for you. I'm your host, Kat Nichols, writer, content creator, and curious navigator of all things wellness. Sit back, relax, and let's find what works for us. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Finding What Works. Today we're going to be delving into the topic of relaxation. So if that's something you are currently struggling with, then definitely stay tuned. I'm joined today by a fantastic panel. I've got hypnotherapist Amy Townsend, complementary therapist Lewis Oliver Brook, and founder of Recess Living, Nina Elegba. So we're going to start by asking you all to introduce yourselves and tell us a bit about the work that you do. So Amy, I'm going to come to you first. Hi, yes, so I'm Amy. I'm a therapist, a hypnotherapist, and I mainly work with individuals struggling with worry and stress. I trained in cognitive behavioral hypnotherapy, so I kind of draw on um, a variety of approaches, so primarily CBT, hypnotherapy, and mindfulness type interventions. And in terms of how I work, um, I aim to help my clients develop the skills that they need to be able to help themselves without being reliant on me for long-term therapy. So my hope is that clients leave therapy with the toolbox of resources to help them cope more effectively and live the life that they want to live. Amazing. Thank you. I love the sound of that, making sure people can leave therapy with the tools that they need. That sounds brilliant. Thank you. Uh, And Lewis, yourself, can you tell us a bit more about you and the work that you do? So my name's Lewis. I'm a complementary therapist. I'm based in Bewdley in Worcestershire. I have a practice that I work from home. And as a complementary therapist, I do all kinds of complementary holistic and alternative therapies. So it's everything from acupuncture to massage to reflexology, Reiki, all kinds of healing, uh, spirit crystal. I even do some of the sort of more obscure therapies like uh, moxibustion, which is one that not many people have heard of, but works wonders. I like to say I work holistically. So I work uh, treating not only the body, but also the mind and the spirit as well. So I have different therapies which can help with different things. If you come to me with a physical problem, then we'll work on on that, either using some kind of massage or reflexology, for example. Or if you're in need of some spiritual work, then we can work sort of in the healing side. So we can work on your spiritual body rather than your physical as well. But I like to work treating the body as a whole rather than just um, individual bits. And that's me. Brilliant. Thank you. That's so interesting. You must have had to learn a lot of different approaches to be able to cover all those different things. (laughs) I call myself a a serial learner. I have to learn, keep learning something. If you were to see my certificate wall, just to the side of me here, a lot of my clients say, gosh, Lewis, I think you need a bigger wall. I just keep adding more and more and more because I just have to keep doing something. Absolutely. And that's something we're going to be definitely exploring in this episode and throughout the whole podcast is the range of different things that can support us. So that's great. Amazing. And Nina, yourself, can you tell us a bit more about the work that you do? Hi, I'm Nina. I'm the founder of Reese's Living, which is a creative wellness brand. So we work with workplaces and brands and create experiences from creative workshops, team away days and retreats, all designed to help people reconnect with creativity and use it to find mindfulness through making. And then we also host panel talks and supper clubs, all designed to bring people together to share lived experiences around mental health and wellbeing. 
Amazing, thank you. And I've been following your work for a while and I've seen the amazing things that you do and it looks so brilliant. Um, and Nina, I'm going to stick with you actually because I'd love to hear a bit more about your personal journey with relaxation because it's one of those things that we think should be pretty simple. I think a lot of us feel like we know what we should do to relax, but it isn't always that simple. So yeah, I'd love to hear a bit more about your personal journey when it comes to relaxation and self-care in general. Oh, that is exactly what is an absolute journey that I'm continuously learning upon. And yeah, we all know that like we need rest in order to live better, to work better, to survive, to thrive. But it's so much like easier said than done. And I've definitely and still do have quite a difficult relationship with rest, which I know is quite ironic because my business is about helping other people rest so <laughs> my background was in tv production and events I'm kind of always used to being like on the go quite like a fast-paced industry can be like really competitive and I've always worked freelance which is great in the sense that it allows you to work with loads of different people and different companies but essentially you don't have like your ultimate like HR person being like oh Nina don't forget you need to take x amount of days off per year like as a freelancer you just keep on going because sometimes <laughs> I see Lewis nodding you just don't know when your next job's going to come from so you're like oh while the going is good I'm just going to carry on going and that's essentially what I did and yeah I've suffered from burnout more or less like all my professional working life and one of my biggest burnouts kind of happened when I was like mid 20s and yeah it was the first one I think I really kind of took like stock of and also just completely just wiped me out so your body always keeps the score doesn't it and it got to the point there where like mind and body was so out of an alignment and I was forced to basically slow down and since then I've been exploring different ways that I can rest and relax and making sure that it's like part of my everyday and like restructuring the way I work to just make sure like it's the simple things that I think that really help people most and sometimes you kind of think it has to be or something like really big and extravagant or you kind of see on social media like so-and-so's gone off on like this four-week meditation retreat and they're sat in silence and have come back so enlightened and restful but you can't always take like four weeks off to like go up an outing so it's about finding where you can put in like rest and care like throughout your day and sometimes it's as simple as just like stepping away from a desk and like going to make a smoothie which or a cup of tea which is going to take like 10 minutes or making sure you actually take that like lunchtime walk and if you can't go at lunchtime make sure you go like in the evening so yeah I've really come to realize as well that self-care isn't one of those things where it's just like a tick list and like a things to do like item that you can like copy and paste from your friend or whoever you're following on Instagram or the books that we read or the podcasts that we hear it's about really making it work for you and also give yourself some like grace and compassion and know that what works in like one season and it might be a season of your well-being or it might just be like mother nature season so like my morning routine is very different in summer than what it is in winter and that's okay and that's one of the things I've really had to tune into and know that yeah what served me like waking up at like six is so much easier for me to do and go out for work walk first thing in the morning in summertime but in winter it doesn't quite happen the same so just looking at how I can replace that so that's the time where I might instead like start the morning off reading instead because I'm really like in bed I'm snuggly but I'm making sure I'm carving out that time for me but knowing that yeah the activity can change season to season Thank you. I love that. It's it's really is about tuning into what's working for us at the moment and not having 
super high and unrealistic expectations based on what other people are doing as well. Um, thank you for sharing your story there. So Amy, yeah, I'll come to you with the same question. What about your personal journey with relaxation kind of drew you to the work that you do with hypnotherapy? Yeah, so uh, personally, similar to what Nina said, I kind of experienced a, a period of burnout um, when I finished university. And yeah, I kind of really pushed myself. And then when I finished, I, I just my body just really was exhausted, really feeling the effects of like stress. So yeah, relaxation was definitely a part of kind of the journey of me sort of, yeah, getting better from that and getting back to a more balanced kind of place and yeah and also in terms of my work my training also taught me that there's so many like tools that we can use to um, help us relax um, and hypnotherapy is really great for that I feel like it's it's very needed and there's things that we can do to support ourselves so yeah thank you Amy it's, it's so interesting how many of us have experienced burnout and that need for relaxation and that's kind of what pushes us to that it's it's a shame that it sometimes takes that but it's really interesting to hear everyone's story and Lewis yeah yourself could you tell us a little bit more about your experience of relaxation and you know what maybe drew you to the work that you do as well I think from from my point of view and from my experience it's a bit of a different one I think to, to everybody else's I wouldn't necessarily say that i suffered any kind of burnout before or anything like that which led me towards this this kind of work to be honest it's one of the things that I found happened whilst I've been working and given me sort of like the realization actually Lewis let's stop working 20 hours a day seven days a week you know start listening to yourself and to the advice that you give your clients yeah and one of the things that I always say is that self-care isn't selfish listen to that yourself and take you know you don't have to fill your diary with everything all the time because otherwise you will end up like that how I got to sort of looking into it was I used to be a dancer that was my primary career before I moved into this work obviously you know a dancer's career doesn't last forever you know you're kind of done by the time you're 25 got to sort of that time I was like well what what can I do I need to do something so I thought, you know, I've always had a caring nature to myself. I've always put others before myself and that sort of thing. So I said, well, why don't I do something that involves that? Went to train as a nurse, was rejected twice for nursing. And at the time I was doing sports massage at college and my lecturer said, well, why don't you go down the alternative medicine route and come back and do complementary therapy? And that kind of led one thing to another, you know, everything started to sort of, I started to hear about other things, different therapies, different things. And it was through working with my clients that I realised the need for relaxation and that so many people don't have that in place. So especially when I meet somebody for the first time and I do their consultation form, one of the questions that I ask is, what do you do for relaxation? And I would probably say about 95% of people will go, nothing. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe that's something that we need to look at. Let's find something, even if it's just that 30 minutes once a month that you come to me for a back massage. That's your time that you take out where you don't think about anything else. And I've got quite a few carers for 
family members are all there in a caring profession. And like, if you're caring for other people, if you don't take care of yourself, how can you provide the best care possible for the people that you're caring for? So that's something that I've really sort of tried to sort of instill upon my clients, the need for relaxation and the need to take that time for yourself. What's interesting there is, as you said, a lot of clients struggling to relax or saying that they don't do anything to relax. I'd love to know, do you know if there are any barriers that are in place when it comes to relaxation for people? And do you think there are any maybe cultural or social issues that are contributing to this and making it difficult to relax? The biggest thing that I always find is people say they don't have the time. You know, I don't have time to go for a walk or I don't have time to sit down with a, you know, with a book for half an hour or an hour or something like that and I was like well you kind of need to make time you know make time for yourself that's I think time is the biggest one for that that I find thank you and yes Nina I can see have you got something to add to this (laughs) yeah I was gonna say absolutely like time is such a big wing big thing and then picking up on what Lewis said earlier it's that thing of feeling that you're being selfish like taking that time out for you and especially I think within like not even just family dynamics but like work dynamics friends dynamics as well you kind of feel like you need to give your energy to all the people in your life which you absolutely is like rewarding can also give you energy but it almost feels selfish to be like I need to take that space for myself and I always used to dread like back when I did used to work like in like more of a corporate environment that like Monday question of like so what did you get up to what did you do this weekend and so many times I've been like oh my god like I just spent the weekend like chilling because I (laughs) I really need like a couple days by myself in like as much solitude as I can get to like recharge and especially I think when you're younger and like everyone's at some like cool new bar or just jet off on holiday it's that like rush to or say feel like you're keeping up that way and you don't be labeled as like boring or like odd if you haven't been like out and then I really realized that actually as Lewis said like taking that time to look after yourself allows you to help whoever else you need to help but ideally first you need to like help yourself so yeah I think society and like our construct to always kind of be on and doing things can be quite difficult for people to like switch off absolutely and I really relate to the needing some days to just do nothing I've had quite a busy month where I think in the last two three months I've had about two free weekends and I'm an introvert I need time to myself to relax and I haven't had that and I'm really noticing it now So I've got tomorrow carved out and I've got the following weekend, I've booked a long weekend and I've literally put in my calendar in big red letters, nothing. So that I don't put anything in, nobody asks me to do anything so that I can lie on my sofa, probably play The Sims because that's what I do to relax and just, yeah, not do anything. So yeah, definitely relate to you there. Um, And Amy, I'm curious with the same question. Do you find anything particular with your clients, any barriers that they come to when it comes to relaxation? Yeah, um, yeah, I totally agree with what Lewis and Nina said. I think, yeah, in today's kind of culture and the world we're living in, we're very much kind of rewarded for busyness and productivity. Um, so it can be really hard to take that time to relax and it can kind of bring up like feelings of guilt and things like that. And maybe worries about judgment from other people. And then even when we take that time to relax there might be sort of expectations that we put on ourselves 
it's like I should be more relaxed by now and things like that that sort of you take a bit of time and then the pressure to actually feel relaxed is it's like quite a lot because you haven't you haven't got much time so yeah that expectation thing keeps coming up and I think that's a really important thing for our listeners to take away and think about is what expectations are you putting on yourself to relax and can you find a way to lift that and just do what feels needed and right for you without worrying what everyone else is doing or what's expected of you so that's a very interesting theme that's coming up are you searching for new ways to enhance your well-being if you're listening to this podcast chances are the answer is yes And I want to tell you to look no further than Happyful, your go-to resource for all things mental health and wellness. At Happyful, we are deeply committed to helping you discover the tools that will make a positive impact in your life. Whether you're seeking professional support or self-help tips, our platform empowers you to explore what works for you. Visit happyful.com today to unlock a world of possibilities. Connect with a diverse range of mental health and wellness professionals, including counsellors, coaches, nutritionists, hypnotherapists, and holistic therapists. With their expertise, you can embark on a transformative journey towards a happier, healthier you. But that's not all. At happyfall.com, you'll also find a wealth of online articles that cover various topics on well-being. And for those looking for a regular dose of inspiration, our magazine delivers a burst of dopamine right to your doorstep each month. Take charge of your well-being and discover the tools that will bring you joy and fulfillment. Visit happyfall.com today to learn more and start your journey. So I'd love to get a little bit more into the different tools that can help when it comes to relaxation, because I think it really is about trial and error and finding what works for you. Um, So Amy, I'm going to stick with you here. I'd love for you to tell us a bit more about hypnotherapy specifically and how that can help us when it comes to relaxation. Yes. So maybe if I say a bit about um, cognitive behavioural hypnotherapy first, just so um, the listeners have kind of an idea of the approach that it is. Basically, hypnotherapy is using your imagination to evoke positive feelings and rehearse new ways of thinking and behaving. So cognitive behavioural hypnotherapy is Um, an evidence-based approach and it sort of works similarly to CBT and the emphasis is on ordinary psychological factors so things like um, suggestion, expectation effects, like focused attention and using your imagination um, rather than so it doesn't use the term trance um, in cognitive behavioral hypnotherapy and um, so it's very much, it's not sort of magical kind of thing. Um, the client's very much like got control and autonomy and it's a very collaborative process. So it's really great for um, getting into a deep state of relaxation and kind of increases the vividness of mental imagery. So there's lots of kind of techniques and things that we can use in hypnotherapy. Things like breathing exercises can be integrated I really like using safe place imagery. So that's where you, I would guide you um, to go to imagine a place where you feel safe and use all of your senses to imagine like what it feels like there, the sounds, what you can see, and that can be really, really relaxing. And then also you can use things like light imagery. So imagining like a warm light, you can incorporate things like muscle relaxation, So yeah, there's like a lot you can kind of include into it. And it's really good for stress and anxiety, especially if you're holding um, tension in your body as well. 
Amazing, thank you. That sounds really good. I like how it can incorporate so many different things. So it's not just about, yeah, the breathing exercises, kind of combining that with visualization and using your imagination. That sounds really interesting. Thank you. And Lewis, I know there are a lot of different complementary and holistic therapies that can help, but I wonder if you can talk about maybe a few of your favorite ones that you um, advise clients to try if they're specifically looking to relax. Well, the first one that comes to mind straight away is reflexology. Reflexology is such a, a wonderful yet powerful treatment that works on the whole of the body. It's based on the, you, we work on the face or the hands. It works on creating balance within the body because it, it, it helps to allow the energy to, to flow correctly through the different parts of the body. It's also deeply relaxing as well because it's, it's, our feet are possibly one of the most neglected parts of our body. You know, if you think about in terms of they're in shoes, socks pretty much all day, we stand on them, we're walking on them. You know, we might be sat down right now um, doing this, but where are your feet right now? They're probably planted on the ground and flat. They're not, you haven't got them raised up or, you know, or even if you sit at a, de you know, a desk sort of at a job, you, your feet are still down. So they're one of the most neglected parts of us. And when we use the movements that we use within reflexology, uh, really sort of relax the, the feet so much that it does then seep up into the rest of the body. And it is a deeply, deeply relaxing treatment. So reflexology would be always the first one that I would go to. But then also as well, any kind of energetic healing, so either Reiki or spirit or angelic healing, because we're working on the spiritual body, particularly the Reiki energy, it has a profound effect on relaxing the physical body as well. During sort of a Reiki session, you don't, you would never fall asleep during a Reiki session. You kind of lift out of your body. And you kind of sit within just slightly out. When you're in that state, you become incredibly relaxed. Everybody always says, you know, you, you feel like you sort of melt within to the, into the bed and everything just sort of drains away. And one of the effects after in particular a Reiki session is you get a, general, a, a deep sense of relaxation and the general sense of well-being afterwards. But it's one of those things I always have to say to people, you know, but you have to have it to experience it. If somebody's in need of some relaxation, definitely either reflexology or Reiki would be the, the ones that I would go to first. Thank you. And I have had both reflexology and Reiki, and I definitely agree with that. I think they're both, reflexology especially, I must admit, I wasn't expecting it to be as relaxing as it was. But as you said, you, your feet do get neglected, and when they actually have some care and attention, it's amazing what effect it can have on the rest of the body um as well and yeah reiki is also just a really relaxing lovely experience and one of my colleagues who works with us at happy fool does reiki and she actually did it for me and i think having someone as well who you know really well that was a lovely thing as well to have someone who you know cares for you to do it um so yeah thank you for sharing hopefully our listeners will take that away and we'll maybe explore those as options and Nina, what I love about the work that you do in Recess Living is that you integrate creativity and making into relaxation. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about that and how, yeah, creativity, making things, how that can all help us relax a bit more as well. 
yeah I love to call like creative wellness um meditation for doers because I've always found and find now with like my clients and the people I have the pleasure of hosting workshops for when you're so used to being like busy and switched on like all the time it's like Amy said it can be so difficult or daunting where you're like right you've got this spot to relax relax in go and you're like ah, I've still got this like energy like still running through my body so being able to like work with your hands and harness the energy that you've naturally kind of got still like running around your body into making just brings this like beautiful like relaxation like over across everything so I always say like as your hands are busy your mind starts like calming down and yeah the more like tactile materials you can work with like sometimes the better like I love like sinking my hands into clay because it's so nice and tactile and we do a lot of hand building pottery workshops which is just really good to kind of help slow you down because it's quite a slow process um as a craft and you will literally feel like all like the knots of like stress and tension kind of like melt through your hands and kind of go into like the clay itself and I know it can be difficult when you kind of hear like creativity and art because sometimes you kind of flash back to like being at school and having like your work like marked but the work we do recess is all about helping people just relax and enjoy the process we kind of say like it doesn't matter if your lines are like perfectly straight or a little bit like wonky it's about embracing it all and not really getting fixated on exactly what the end result is going to look like but just relax and enjoying the process as you're going along and yeah if you're finding it difficult to like get started because yeah art can be quite challenging because again we've got these like preconceptions about what makes a good like artist or piece of art I say like start simple so just grabbing like a coloring book and there's so many amazing like adult ones out there but also I've been known to like borrow some stuff from my niece and nephew um, <laughs> and just grabbing like some like coloring pencils or pens or pastels that you like and just like the process of just like coloring in like as a really like pre-made image so you haven't got that whole like blank page syndrome it's just such a great way to kind of start like using creativity to help you unwind and then as you kind of start getting into the rhythm there then you can start and look about doing some other specialisms whether it's like painting or pottery or marbling or start to pair it with other forms of relaxation and self-care like journaling so we run a lot of like creative like art journaling workshops as well so then again if you find it difficult to kind of process and release through words you can kind of start blending like the art and the words together I love that. It's it's really helpful to hear what people can try if something else doesn't work for them, because that is something I'm going to come to you all with, actually, as a question about who might these approaches not work for, because I think it's really important for us to recognise that we are all very different and unique individuals. And I love it when podcasts share tools that can help, but it's also about understanding that this might not work for everybody. So you talked about there about creativity kind of being for people who maybe struggle with meditation is there anything that you would say that creativity and this kind of approach to relaxation anybody who that might not work for or do you think it really is for anyone to give a go oh I firm believe it's for like everyone to give a go and it's just about spending the time to find like the craft that like suits you and suits you best so like I love like collaging because I yeah love being able to take something that's already like formed and make something new out of it but you know like as the daughter of a seamstress sewing I don't gel to like as well so just being able to open up your mind and give yourself like freedom to like 
try different things and also know that it's okay to be crap at something like it's about just enjoying the process like you don't need to produce it for work you don't need to sell it anywhere it's just about having that time out for you is such a great place to start and yeah just there's so many different crafts that you can kind of like try but if you're still finding that creativity like isn't gelling with you hopefully it's opened up your curiosity to try something else or be like actually I need to be more like guided through my relaxation so that's a really good time to kind of book in and see someone like Lewis where literally you're in someone else's like chair and they're taking the care for you which I think is also really good when you're busy as well and you find it difficult to carve out that time for yourself I always say like make a date with someone else so make a date to either go have your nails done or go to a reflexology appointment or go to like a yoga class because someone else is going to take that care for you but also give you the care back at the same time absolutely love that that's um yeah that is really interesting to hear and the different yeah there's so many different approaches when it comes to creativity i've dabbled in drawing i've dabbled in art journaling and i've and i think what's important as well is that things can change as well something that might have served you for a really long time I actually spoke about this in the introductory episode of this podcast, but journaling used to be something that I loved. I'm a writer. That's kind of my day job. That's what I do. That's how I process. But recently I've just not found it supportive or helpful and I've turned away from it and I'm doing things like meditation or playing video games and stuff stuff like that. And it's really important for us to recognize a different things will work for us and b it's okay to pick things up and put them down again as well. So thank you for sharing. And with the that idea in mind, Amy, I'd love to hear, do you think there's anyone who hypnotherapy might not be suitable for or it might not work for from your experience? So cognitive behavioural hypnotherapy is, it's generally, it's very safe. And yeah, most people will find it really relaxing. It's sort of like, it can be kind of similar to daydreaming or kind of being engrossed in a film. It's it's that kind of feeling or like state of mind but it is it isn't suitable for everyone so there's certain mental health issues so things like um or physical health issues as well so things like psychosis clinical depression epilepsy um, migraines things like that um might not be suitable for you or might be worth um kind of checking in with your gp that would be something that you could try and also it sort of it depends how you're using it so it may not be suitable in terms of the relaxation in all cases of anxiety so maybe if the client is ending up using relaxation as a way to kind of avoid the anxiety then we might want to take a different approach if that makes sense but yeah really great for stress um chronic stress yeah the other thing actually that I could mention is occasionally people can experience relaxation induced anxiety so not very often but if you've been kind of sort of if you haven't been relaxing for a long time then you might find that you get a little bit of an increase in anxiety when you relax um so maybe that's sort of like a feeling of fear of losing control or sort of physical sensations so that sort of can rarely happen and that might be worth kind of exploring the personal reasons for that or maybe like starting with something like mindfulness where there's less pressure to feel relaxed it's just sort of a byproduct of the mindfulness and adding in like small moments of relaxation and building those up 
That's so interesting. I've I'd never would have thought of that, but that's a really good point. I think if you've not been letting yourself relax when it actually comes to it, as you said, it might feel a little bit stressful. And I know anxiety is often rooted in control. So having to let go of control and maybe going and sitting in somebody else's therapy room and allowing them to support you is too much to start with. So you might want to build up slowly. Um, and thank you for sharing those other areas where it might be best to speak to your GP before trying it. That's what I really wanted to get here is yeah understanding that these aren't all suitable for everybody and it's really important to tune in to what's right for you so thank you and Lewis same question for you I guess do you think there's any kind of conditions or any people who might need to check in with um, their doctor before trying complementary therapies to start off with first of all I do know somebody who is exactly how Amy just described then to relax for them brings on an, an, an sort of an immense sense of anxiety so they are constantly trying to fill their fill their time with anything that they can because if they relax it kind of has the opposite sort of detrimental effect on their mind because the anxiety builds because they're relaxing but in terms of complementary therapy i mean with, with every therapy that we do whether it's massage or reflexology acupuncture moxibustion coupling anything like that there are uh, contraindications to each therapy. Whenever you go to a therapist or you so you come to me, for example, for the first time, we will go through uh, a consultation form to find to see if there are anything that is what we would say is contraindicated to having that particular therapy. Some things that are contraindicated, like for example, high blood pressure for a massage, is contraindicated but there are steps that you can put as long as you tell your therapist that this is what you suffer with there are steps that they can do to help not have a bad effect there's like obviously there's like sort of like three stages of contraindication there's a mild severe and sort of almost dangerous and depends on where they are where that is would depend on whether you know you just continue with the treatment but some adaptations for example, I go back to high blood pressure, you would get off the couch slowly, don't get off straight away, sit on the bed, you know, turn turn around, sit up on the bed for a few moments, stay there for, for a couple of minutes, and then stand up, because it just helps to keep, to get that pressure to um, equalise, first of all, with reflexology, one of the only real thing that's contraindicated with reflexology is if you're pregnant, however, <laughs> I always find it ironic that I have had a lot of success with fertility and conception reflexology and aiding women to get pregnant. So far, I've actually had the um, the success with seven different women. That sounds so wrong on my on my part when I, when I say it out loud. <laughs> I've helped seven women get pregnant um, through reflexology. However, though, when it comes round, um, because we particularly pay focus on the particular points. However, though, when you are pregnant those points become contraindicated so we miss them out unless of course then you get to a certain point and baby doesn't want to come out they're quite happy where they are we can then go back to those points to induce labor so you, as long as you tell your therapist what is going on with you there are ways complementary therapy will complement in some way but we need to know what's happening the only real therapy that has zero 
well, there's technically there's two, but of contraindications, and that's Reiki. Reiki is an intelligent energy. It will do whatever is needed. It only works with love and light. It will only do for the greatest good. However, if you're drunk, it won't work, or if you've been drinking, or if as a therapist, we don't like you. And, and that's that's simple. Those are the only two contraindications to Reiki. But for all other therapists, there are contraindications. But as long as we know what they are, then we can either advise of a different therapy or we can make adaptations to the one that you're that you're having. Or we could just sort of turn around and say, actually, no, this is a, a GP referral. You need to check with your GP first to see whether the condition that you have won't be made worse by what we do or you're going to suffer from it. So and what I always sort of urge to people is that when you have that consultation with your therapist, even though it feels like you're divulging a lot about your personal life, we need to know these things so that we can provide you with the best treatment possible and get the best results out of what you're having. All in all, though, there aren't really sort of anything that isn't suitable for anybody. There's always adaptations that can be made. Brilliant. I, I love that what you said there about complementary therapy is there to complement you in whatever way it can. So yeah, it's just a really important takeaway there, I think, for listeners is to be honest with your therapist, speak up about what is going on and trust them to do what is needed to support you. Um, brilliant. Thank you all. That was so helpful to go through those bits. We're going to talk a little bit more about how somebody who might be finding it difficult to relax can start taking those small steps. And we've talked about some of these already, but this is just for any really practical tools that you have to help people who are thinking, I can't relax. I have got too much to do. I haven't got enough time. I've got so much going on. Um, and Nina, I'm going to come to you first on this. Can you share any small tips that, that can help people who are struggling to really switch off and relax? Yeah, my main go-tos are one, start with like your diary and your calendar and just be really mindful that you're carving out time for yourself. So if you can block in a day, amazing. If a day feels too much, then just start smaller and start with like half an hour where you just ring fence that time that's exactly as you need it to be to do what works best for you and no one else can kind of step into that time zone with like work and especially to help you get through like a working day I always find apps like the Pomodoro technique really good because again that's something that's kind of helping you guide your working time but more essentially guiding those breaks and yeah it's so important and what a difference it makes just having like that five minute break to like look away from your screen and like reset your eyes or pop away from your desk go get up to get a cup of tea pop out into the garden if you've got one and just know that, that that time is kind of there to help you like govern it but my essential go-to is wherever you can just put your time and care into someone else's hands and it doesn't always have to be either coming to a workshop or going to see a therapist even just making a date to go out with a friend like for a walk like you know that you need to you want to honor that time together so you're going to show up for it but it's also giving you like the care back that you need so you've got that nice like gentle accountability for it that's really lovely and that's something I'm gonna remind myself of because I as I said I'm an introvert I tend to go into myself when I need to relax but I have been finding recently like as you said kind of putting it into somebody else's hands a little bit just whether it's a call with your mum or something like that just to relax a bit is great thank you so much for those and Amy do you have any guidance towards somebody who is currently struggling to switch off and relax 
Yeah, so the first thing I would say is maybe it can be helpful sometimes to release a bit of that tension and stress that you're feeling first. So you might find doing a bit of movement, gentle movement, going for a walk kind of helps release some of that tension and help you start to create that feeling of safety that helps you kind of activate that relaxation response and shift away from fight or flight. And then sort of having mini resets during the day or mini moments, um, like Nina said, um, can be really helpful. Maybe even just having like a timer on your phone and for like three times during the day to just stop for a couple of minutes and do some breathing exercises. Sort of really incorporating it into your day. The other thing I would say is, like you said, Kat, that what you need to relax might be different at different times, um, and that's okay. So, yeah, just experimenting. What you find relaxing might be different to what someone else does, and just, you know, having a bit of variety. What you need to relax on one day might be different to the other day as well. Um, and the last thing that I would say is to give yourself self-compassion as well. So yeah, if you're struggling to relax, just be gentle with yourself. It can be challenging and it can be a kind of skill that we need to build. So yeah, just be kind to yourself. Thank you for that reminder. That is a very good one for us to all take away is yeah, self-compassion can be key in all of these things. Thank you. And Lewis, any final tips or any additional ideas for anyone who's struggling to relax? I think the first things that I always say to people who who come to me and they say, oh, well, you know, I, I struggled to relax, you know, sort of thing. One of the sort of guided meditations, in particular, sort of when people say to me, it's like, you know, oh, I, I tried meditating, it, it didn't work. Da, 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 da. I said, well, I can't meditate because I can't switch off, you know. And I said, well, if you try a guided meditation, and then you've got a lovely man or lady sort of telling you what to you know what what to do how to breathe and you sort of like okay breathe in and out now hold it you know now visualize yourself you know you, you can see you're walking yourself through a forest that that sort of thing you've got somebody telling you what to do it was one of the things that I used that I did as part of my lockdown program because obviously during lockdown I wasn't allowed to work so I had to do quite a lot of a lot of things and I used to do a guided meditation and people used to find it said that they found it a lot easier because they had they could hear my voice taking them through the steps so that's one of the things that I always say to people in particular to start off with first of all is to try a guided meditation and you can get guided meditations from five minutes to 20 minutes or even longer and you know all you need to do is just go into the video search engine or anything like that and there they are guided meditation five minutes and you'll have thousands that's one of the things that I always say to people you know sort of if you're if you're struggling to to relax in the first place try this you know just pop it on sit down and just listen you know if you pick one it's five ten minutes long it's not that much out of, out of your day another thing that I always say to people as well is napping I'm a very firm advocate of napping and I will and I will often prescribe I use air quotes in that one napping to people especially as well for people who say oh I struggle to go to sleep at night you know I, I wake up during during the day you know uh, first thing in the morning I'm up you know four or five o'clock you know that sort of thing I said well have a nap in the afternoon 
but you have to nap correctly. There is a right and a wrong way to napping, and it is in increments of 20. So just set, set yourself down, set an alarm on your phone or however for 20 minutes, even if you just lie there for 20 minutes with your eyes shut, you've got that stillness. And a lot of the time it is just that stillness that our, body, our bodies crave. I have a nap every day, either between three or five o'clock before I take um, my dog Henry out for his walk and it sets me up for the rest of the rest of the afternoon but it's only over 20 minutes and there's been times where I lay there for 20 minutes and just kind of gone all right this is um, yeah and then there's times where I've set the alarm closed my eyes and next thing I know the alarm's going off and I've actually fallen asleep for that for that time it's one of it's one of the best uh, one of the best things to do and also listen to your body. Your body will tell you what needs to happen. If you sit down and within a matter of minutes, you're sort of, you know, the head sort of, you start head nodding and your eyes start, you're tired. That's the point. But, you know, if you sit there and you start to sort of, you know, feet tapping, go for a walk, do something, you know, listen to yourself. If you really kind of listen, and then you get a tummy gurgle, have a drink, have something to eat. You must be hungry or thirsty. I think as a society, we've stopped listening to our bodies because everything is in front of us. You know, we get regimented, you know, this is this breakfast, lunch, dinner, these times, bedtime, get up, go to work. You know, we kind of lost the sense of actually listening to what our bodies need at, at that point in time. And I think that's one of the, thing, the, the real sort of things. Listen to your body, have a nap, guided meditation. I kind of went on and on that there. No, at all brilliant, brilliant points. And definitely something we need to do more, especially the listening to yourself. I really agree with you there. I think it's, it's so easy to get drawn into the routine of every day and the humdrum of life, life admin. There's so much of that going on. There's a lot taking our attention away from ourselves. So if we can carve out those couple of minutes to stop and listen to ourselves, sometimes guided meditation can be great for that. It can give you a moment to stop and pause and check in and just say like, hey, what do I need right now? Um, so that's really helpful. And a tip I guess I wanted to add on to the end of that is when we're stressed and overwhelmed, sometimes it can be hard for us to remember all of these great things that will help us. So once you have found like four or five different things, whether it's hypnotherapy, whether it's drawing and making something, whether it's um, booking yourself in for some reflexology, make a list of that and then have that. I like to call it your self-care first aid kit, because then you have a list and you can just grab it anytime you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed and just be like, OK, these are the things that help me check in with yourself. Maybe say, what do I need right now? What off of that little menu is going to work for me and do that? Because... Yeah, when we're stressed, our, the prefrontal cortex kind of shuts down a little bit, so it can be quite hard for us to be logical and make decisions. And then we can get even more flustered and overwhelmed. So, yeah, that would be my additional little tip. Just put it, put it in writing, put it somewhere you can see it, so then you take away a bit of the decision-making process for yourself. Um, but, yeah, all fantastic tips. And I want to just say thank you so much to everyone for coming and sharing your wisdom today. Before we wrap up, um, I'd love it if you could all share where people can connect with you. Lewis, I'll start with you. Can you just let everybody know where they can find you if they want to learn more about you? If people want to find more, they can find me on different socials. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook is che uh, it's Cheeky Monkey Fitness and Wellbeing. Cheeky is C-H-I-K-I. Uh, 
I'm that cheeky monkey on Instagram. And you can also find me as well on the therapy directory uh, website. Just search for for my name, Lewis Oliver Brook. And also on my website as well, which is www.cheekymonkeyfitnesswellbeing.co.uk. Perfect. Thank you. And Amy, yourself, where can people connect with you online? So um, I'm on Instagram as well. Uh, so that's at therapy with Amy underscore. And then I've also got my website, which is therapy dash with dash amy.com. And yeah, you can find more information about my work. And also I've got um, a blog on there as well. So there's some kind of tips and information that you can find on there. And I work online as well. So you can work with me anywhere from anywhere in the UK. Brilliant. Thank you. And Nina, where can our listeners connect with you online? So you can connect with us over on Instagram or LinkedIn at Rhesus Living and our website is rhesusliving.com to find out more about the workshops and events that we host for brands and workplaces. Perfect. Thank you so much, everyone. And for anyone listening, if you want to learn more about hypnotherapy in general, you can head to hypnotherapy-directory.org.uk. And again, if you want to explore some more complementary therapies, you can visit therapy-directory.org.uk. So for next week's episode, the Exhale episode, we are going to have something really special for you to help you relax even more deeply. So please make sure you tune in for that. And until next time, please take care. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with anyone you think may benefit and rate and review the podcast. This all helps our mission of creating a happier and healthier society. To delve deeper into the topics discussed today and to find professional support that's right for you, visit happyful.com. 